0: Welcome to the Debt Financial Reset Extreme Execution Podcast, aka Debt Free Podcast, where we help young debt-free seeking individuals achieve debt freedom through strategies and tips, and interview young successful debt-free minorities. I'm your debt-free host, Michael Benjamin. Hope y'all feeling blessed. Hope y'all feeling amazing. I hope y'all are feeling great. Welcome to a new episode of the Debt Free Podcast, aka Debt Financial Reset Extreme Execution, where we help you pay off your student loans quickly. So today's a special episode because I have a very special guest. Her name is Starla Wyatt. She's a 39-year-old forensic fingerprint analyst that resides in Houston, Texas. Shout out to H-Town. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice, minor in social work, from Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi, which is her hometown in 2004. She began her debt-free journey in February of 2019. On November 12th of 2020, she became debt-free paying off 93,137 dollars and 84 cents in 22 months. She set out to become debt-free by the end of 2020 and before she turned 40 years old and she did it. She looks forward to sharing with people what worked for her and to help y'all not make the same mistakes that she did. No matter where you are in your life, it's never too late to achieve financial freedom. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her dogs, Ziggy and Marley, reading, listening to true, uh, true crime podcasts and working out. Now that she's debt free, she's working towards setting herself up financially long term. And she looks forward to traveling abroad again when it is safe. We are in a pandemic at the time that we're recording this. Welcome to the podcast, Starla. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I know, um, you know, we're all busy people. So, you know, it's really, it's real dope to finally see you. I saw a post that somebody made. I don't know if it was your post or somebody made about your whole debt-free journey. So I look forward to um, going a little bit deeper. So first of all, how are you, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Just, um, Today's a chill day. I've been feeling a little bit under the weather, but other than that, I'm pretty good.
0: Oh, wow. Not the COVID, right? No,
1: not COVID.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Just want to make sure you get over there. <laughs> okay. 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 How's was, your week though? Any small or big wins you have?
1: Um, This week has been pretty chill. It's just been a, a busy, busy work week. Um, As far as wins, um, i've just been like paying off regular bills doing my grocery shopping nothing extreme has happened this week or nothing a little out of the ordinary that really i can point out but yeah but things are good so
0: okay that's amazing that's good to hear okay so i guess let's start off with who is starla like where did you grow up we mentioned you know houston but um give give the listeners a little bit of a story that wasn't in your bio if you want to.
1: Absolutely. So I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um I was raised in a single parent um household. My father passed away when I was um young. Oh, well, uh, so. And I have two sisters, but they're a little bit older than me. So by the time I, I made it to third grade, they were both pretty much out of the house. So I was kind of raised almost as like a single child in the household. So I grew up extremely, um, I guess, kind of spoiled a little bit. But um, my mom, um, she did a good job. I really think she did a great job raising all of us and just um. Just growing up without a father, I think that like, led to a lot of different decisions, but that, that led me to where I am now. But other than that, I grew up in a pretty stable household, and I'm really thankful for that. And it's just gotten me to where I am today. So I'm extremely blessed, like really, really blessed.
0: Amazing. Amazing. You said you're the youngest?
1: I'm the baby, yes.
0: OK, OK. <laughs> of three, you're, and you said all girls?
1: All girls, no boys.
0: Okay, I see. Yeah, my side is all boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really lacking in men in our family in general. Like when you look at yeah. you know, my mom's extended family and even on my dad's side. So it's just overwhelmed
0: with girls. Mm, interesting. Okay, shout out to all the black queens out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the Debt Free Podcast. The free stands for Financial Reset Extreme Execution. You know, because I want to help listeners initiate that reset in their mind and that is done through amazing people like yourself um so we're gonna go on a journey so we're basically gonna go from you actually having your debt it's hypothetical i don't want you to get in the mindset of you have your debt again but we're gonna go from you (laughs) having your debt to actual execution but i want us to start from the very beginning i know it's important that the people know what is your relationship with money
1: so growing up um I didn't really have a relationship with money. That's kind of hard to say. But um, my mom was our, you know, she was the head of our household. She handled things, but she never really imparted that, that information, that knowledge of how she managed our household and how she managed her money onto each of us. And so I really had no... Um, financial literacy, no financial knowledge, no understanding of like saving, no no understanding of you know once I got out of uh, high school and went on to college, no understanding of college and interest rates and you know loans and you know I just thought oh okay I'm out here I can go borrow or I could go apply for this and that credit you know and I didn't really have a good understanding so I ended up. I just thought, oh, you know, especially when I got out of college, I'm going to be making money where I could just pay it off. And that just wasn't the case.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and so it was kind of like a snowball, of just bad decisions, um, especially after I got to college and I got my first, you know, established job, just continuing to take out credit, uh, apply for credit cards, take out personal loans and then not really uh, stewarding my finances well, you know, because to be blessed with a job, I was blessed with a job before I even graduated college, which most oh, of my well. classmates weren't as fortunate. And I just felt like I wasn't stewarding the resources that God had blessed me with. So um, I just kept making bad financial decision after bad financial decision. And not even like paying, once my student loans, once that grace period was up after I graduated, just uh, making the minimum payment and sometimes not even barely making that. And so I was just in a bad way. And um, that continued at least a few years past my college years. And um, I decided like maybe back in 2008 to take another job because I was working for my hometown police department. And so I took another job in another city and I was making extremely more money, like very, very, I was making almost double what I was making prior in my hometown. Wow. And I still continue to make bad decisions. So I could have been set myself up for financial success. And if not, by by the time I was 30, at least by the time I was in my early 30s, been completely out of debt, but I kept kept Mm. making bad decisions. And um, it it took a humbling experience. So basically in 2015, um, I was like, the rent was getting higher and higher. So I was like, I think I'm going to just go ahead and try and buy a house. And they I got approved for a mortgage loan. And I I had a pretty low credit score it was in the low six hundreds, But it was barely even in the 600s, to be honest with you. And I got approved mm-hmm. for the mortgage loan. And so I was like, I was doing good. I was doing good. I was at least on time with all my bills, but not really attacking any debt, just kind of getting by, making my minimum payments every month. And and I was, so that job I took in the Dallas area, um, I was going through some things at this job and I had ended up, long story short, reporting an ethical violation um, that somebody else had committed And it resulted in me kind of being blackballed as if I was the problem. So it created a very hostile work environment. So Mm -hmm. seven years of going through that situation, I was like, I got to get out of here. So I took another job and left, but I took it at an extreme pay cut, like almost $14,000 less than what I was making. Okay. And there, that was in 2015. So there's fun, like the web that where everything just started unraveling, I guess you could say. So I was barely able to pay my mortgage, barely able to make my car payment. I was just struggling. And some of them, I was like robbing Peter to pay Paul. So this month I'll pay this and this, but I may be late on this or I may not pay this this month. So it just got really bad. So I moved out of my house. I decided to rent it. And, um, but even still, I was, I was behind on my mortgage. I'm like, Lord, please don't foreclose on my home. Um, barely making my car payment. So I was like, okay, so I took this job, but I was like, okay, I'm going to get a side hustle. So I started Ubering on the side as an Uber driver. But honestly, my my main job was very taxing. So I just wasn't able to make as much to supplement what I needed to keep up on everything. Mm-hmm. So I stayed at that job, fast forward to 2017 for two years, when the opportunity came um, with my current job to move to Houston. And, um, you know, and so I just, I realized I was screwing up to be PC and not to curse on your show. <laughs> I, I <was> oh, it's
0: <laughs> open. I'm going to be I it's open. Because <laughs> I, I, sometimes you might hear yeah.
1: me a lot. <laughs> I was really screwing up and I I realized it. And the most, I think what really clicked for me is when I got behind on my mortgage at one point had to go to my mom and like the most humbling, I don't know what other people's uh, relationship with money is, but for me, I do not like going to other people for help in general, especially when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. So that is the most humbling situation for me. So me having to go to my mom to ask for money Um, To help me just, and even the money that she gave me, it helped me with one month of the mortgage, but I still wasn't caught up even with what she helped me with. And I was like, I can't ask my mom for more. My mom is retired. She's not working anymore. Like, how dare her? Like, you know, how dare I even try to ask her for more than that? So now I have this burden of, I'm still at least one month behind on my mortgage I now owe my mom money. <laughs> I was like, no, this isn't right. So, out of nowhere, one day, a friend that I used to work with in my hometown calls me up, and she had just recently recently retired. She's like, look, I just took a position at this um, agency, and I really think you would like it down here. You should apply. And I was like, well like, hold up, I don't know that I wanna move to another city again. Let me just sit on it and pray about it. So literally three weeks later, I had been in this, uh, I guess this period of just prayer and just like asking God, like, please tell me if this is the right thing for me, please give me like the discernment or the wisdom to know if this is for me. And I decided to do it and I got the job and so, that that job, well, this current job that I have now, was making way more <laughs> than what I was making then. So, um, and it was making more than what I was uh, making prior to taking the pay cut. So, I was going to be making at least um, almost twenty thousand more. So I was like, Lord, Mm. if I get this job, I will not screw it up. And I got the job. So once I moved, I spent the first, in 2017, I moved literally, I moved here a week after Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I spent the first maybe nine months to a year just getting myself out of the, the hole that I dug, like catching up on my mortgage, making sure everything was level again and then once i got to that point where i was ready to attack it i was like let's do it so um so that like spun like okay i'm gonna get back in financial peace i'm gonna just take a refresher course and that that started everything in january of 2019 and by february i was like let's do this and i went beast mode (laughs) Mm. (laughs) so
0: do you Do you think that the fact that you were so able to make that transition, do you think that was as a result of the adversities and bad decisions that you made over time? Or like, what do you think about Absolutely,
1: because I think it took being humbled, like extremely humbled and being put in a position where I was about to lose everything, like my car. My house. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of like the judgment, you know. And you know, I could have just stayed at that job, and I still would have been okay. But like my mental state of being in a in a job, it was to me even to this day, I wouldn't change how I did things. Because had I not taken that job, mm-hmm. I would have been okay, never been put in that position. But I think I still would have mm-hmm. been in the position where. I would have never got to where I am now where I would have attacked the debt and just gotten rid of it and just paid it off. And so it it helped with the mindset shift that, okay, you really have to do something and it's time to like, just pay this off.
0: That's amazing, man. Yeah. You said something key right there, talking about the mindset shift that it initiated and the fact that you were placed in that position, so I mean that sounds like a blessing in disguise to me. In retrospect, now it sounds like a blessing mm-hmm. in disguise. But um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about you actually having the debt. So what what does a uh, debt mean to you, in terms of like student loans or just debt in general? Um,
1: I mean it just overall to me it means owing people, and I don't like owing people. Mm. I really don't like being indebted to people. Um. Mm-hmm. it's it's really uh it was a consuming feeling and like the moment i made my last payment where i paid it all off like it didn't hit me right away but within a few weeks of like making my last payment i felt like this huge weight had lifted just knowing that going forward mm-hmm. i don't owe anybody and that you know my money is now mine to like other than my monthly expenses my money is on mind to do mm-hmm. with, you know, whether it's to save or to take a vacation or, you know, I, I just know, like, I'm free.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to take that vacation. You're just chilling, thinking about, oh, dang, my interest yeah, just went yeah, up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, okay, that's dope. Definitely, definitely, I definitely agree with you. I don't like owing people stuff, so that's why I had to get rid of mine as well. So how did you feel about having Let's talk about student loan debt because I know people have anxiety around it. People mm-hmm. have fear, um, you know, mental health and everything, just money in general. But let's talk about student loan debt. How how that um, make you feel?
1: It makes me feel bad, but going back to your prior uh, question, as far as like what's your relationship with money, that goes back, me having student loan debt goes back to my upbringing. So I was the first person in my family to graduate from college, like a four-year institution. And so um, Mm -hmm. like when I decided, I knew I always wanted to go to college, but because, you know, other than like um, some relatives going to the local community college, I didn't have anybody to really help guide me as far as like, Applying for colleges, applying for scholarships, applying for any of that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, luckily, just me getting in because um, I graduated from Texas a and CC, but um, Tam CC, but I didn't originally go there. The, the college I went to straight out of high school was a, a different private university. And it ended up being the only college I applied to. So private institutions, okay, my um, tuition was mad crazy for the two years that I went there. Mm. And um, I applied for scholarships and the few scholarships that I did get, some of those institutions didn't pay up because I got some um, private scholarships through businesses and they didn't pay. And so- I feel like I really hate student loan debt. I really feel like at least if you go to local junior colleges or maybe even state institutions, you shouldn't really have to pay as much tuition as you do. But I really feel there was no other way for for me. And I was determined to get a college education. And in my field, it's so competitive and I blame tv for that but it's so competitive there's no way I would have broken in without a college degree um honestly so because even now with my degree and with my almost 20 years experience there are kids fresh out of college that will get hired over me for for so many different reasons but um but uh, unfortunately I just think having student loan debt while I don't like it And while I really hated that I had student loan debt for almost 15 years, I just didn't see a way around it. Um, Now, with what I know now, yeah, maybe I could have just, I was working three jobs while I was in college, which didn't even pay for my books sometimes, but um, Mm. I don't even know how working at the time I could have really paid for my college, like cash floated, I guess is the word, cash floated while I was in there so Mm -hmm. I just
0: don't see any way around it for me okay yeah definitely you definitely said something that I wanted to bring up the whole preparation piece you were the first one to actually go through the process so nobody was able to put you through it and then I guess that just goes back to why Uh I started the podcast because my hope is that like high school seniors, high school juniors, people can listen to the podcast so they already know what time it is before they actually, you know, get in the game of student loans. So I like that you brought that up because that's a common common occurrence. You know, people go to college, they're not familiar with the whole process and then all of a sudden they're paying these loans for like decades. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, so um, I guess what was your why in terms of paying off your debt?
1: Um, my why was for different reasons. Um, for, for primarily my, my main why is just for me to just be able to live a, a freer lifestyle um, to have more control yeah. of the money that I'm making. Um also, I, I mean, I'm 39, I'm single, but um, in the event that I do ever get married, if I do, if that ever happens, I don't want to bring something like that into the relationship or the marriage. Um, that, the, mm. the, my debt was a burden on me, especially as much debt as I did have. I don't, I don't, not to say I would never date somebody with debt, because I, I would, but I didn't want my debt to be mm-hmm. a burden on somebody else um so those were my main why's and then also just to change my relationship with money and also to kind of break our generational curse um i feel like in me mm-hmm. being on my debt-free journey i also helped my sisters and you know i like kind of talked more with money about money with my mom and you know i know just Amongst me and my sisters alone, I think all of our relationship with money and just our knowledge of um, handling money and dealing with credit and dealing with so many different things, dealing with um, finances, has all changed in the last two years. And our mindset has changed a little bit. So, so that was my why, primarily.
0: Okay, dope. dope. I definitely love that. And I, I love that um, self-care aspect in terms of you know for you um one thing that i like to say on a podcast is that repetition is important because I'm, i might probably have some people uh-huh. passively listening some people might be actively listening so i'm aware i read it i read it in the bio too i'm aware that you paid damn near a hundred thousand in like less than two years can you let the people know how long your journey was. And how yeah, you paid so I again. paid
1: off $93,137.84 in 22 months.
0: Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you got it down to the T. So that's how we know you're not capping. <laughs> that's no. a
1: number I will never forget for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I guess, uh, what kind of challenges did you, did you experience during the journey?
1: Um, I think the biz- biggest Maybe there would be two biggest challenges, and they had to do with me. It was uh, discipline, and um, I would say complacency. And by, um, by discipline, I would just mean sticking to the journey, um, because you, you do have to sacrifice a lot. I think no matter if you paid $93,000 off in five years, versus two years, it still doesn't change. You still have to be disciplined and willing to sacrifice um, and willing to budget and do all these things to get to that goal um, and just stick into it. Because sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you want to stray off your path. Um, and then also complacency. Like I kind of felt like, oh, at some point, oh, I've done all I can do. Um. I got cut back at every um in every avenue or every uh area I can cut back and just not being complacent with that because um lifestyle creep is real so <laughs> so mm. just making sure that like. You're not letting no habits creep back in. Oh, I can, I can explain, you know, getting a, buying a $6 coffee every day or, you know, going out to eat, you know, even pre COVID, um, going out to eat with my girlfriends, you know, even though I set a restaurant mm-hmm. budget for the month, you know. Um, but you do get very complacent where you just kind of feel like you've done all you can do and you really have to continuously evaluate your spending. Um, to get, because I mean, things change while you're on your journey. Sometimes it may be, you know, pay cuts or um, pay increases or, you know, other expenses that get added on. So you have to constantly adjust for the things that change in your life. And I think um, just staying focused, staying disciplined and just not being complacent with where you are and constantly seeing what else you can do to help you get to that goal faster.
0: I think that is um, so amazing. I always mention the discipline piece. So I love that you echo the universal message that I say. And then complacency is important too. Um, so I like that. <laughs> I'm taking notes here and I heard you mention sacrifices. What kind of sacrifices Ooh, did you have to make during the
1: trip? I actually take notes on that too so I could uh, share. So... I mean, I, I don't really consider it a sacrifice because I think everybody should always live below their means. So I always budgeted. Every month mm. I set a budget and I was constantly tweaking my budget, you know, um when stuff came up, but I stuck to my budget. Um, sacrifice, uh, one of the biggest things I did that really helped me. Um was I reduced my, I, I contribute to my four, my employer's 401k. So I reduced my um, retirement contribution. Mm. So my job has a really great um, match. So they automatically give us 2% that they contribute to everybody's uh, retirement account. And then in your 401k, they match up to 5%. So you have potential 7% that my job will contribute. And so I had, a. I was Mm. really struggling with uh, reducing that contribution, but I knew that if I reduced it, it would free up several hundred dollars each month for me to shovel forth my debt. And Mm. while I teetered, tottered, Mm. I kind of went back and forth with that decision for months. But when I finally did it, oh my God, that freed up, not quite $400 a month, but it freed up close to it um and then mm-hmm. um sacrifices so we get like we get paid biweekly so i get two extra paychecks a year so not keeping those as like extra paycheck for extra money i shovel uh, that extra money towards debt um other sacrifices let's see so um any monies, like I always sometimes my mom gives us like birthday money or uh, Christmas money, I shoveled that towards debt. So I didn't keep it. any monies that were gifted, I okay. didn't keep it. Um, that stimulus check that, that some of us got, I shoveled that towards debt. Uh, one of the years uh, yes. I ended up owing this year, but one of the years I ended up um, getting a tax refund that I got shoveled towards debt. Um, and I'm, I I think the biggest, some of the biggest lifestyle changes, I just, where I sacrificed the most, I cut out hair appointments, um, manicures and pedicures, and just started doing those myself. Learned uh, Got a YouTube video, just trimmed my hair myself during my journey, <laughs> which was kind of scary, too, at the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotta do what you, gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. But I'm back on my hair appointments now, so don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're debt free. You're debt oh, free. I am.
1: And then I cut my gym membership, which was like sixty-two dollars a month. um I have two pets, so I have I uh eliminated their wellness plans, which was like fourteen thousand a year, and just opted to like cash flow all their their vet and medical expenses. Um, I cut all music and streaming um, subscriptions. I cut cable. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I drastically cut out eating out. So meal prepping just became my thing. And, um, and then I also want to, I haggled and negotiated a lot. So um, I was paying at one point over $400 a month between my cell phone internet and cable so i cut cable but i negotiated um my cell phone bill my internet and my electric bill and when they wouldn't negotiate and like lower my bills my monthly bill um i i switched providers to get a lower monthly plan so those were really mm-hmm. helpful um and honestly um COVID, COVID has helped a lot and been a blessing in many ways because, um, because um, some people were impacted and tested positive at my job, they went to where any sections that could work from home were allowed to do so. And so I've been working from home since April. And so that has, um, I no longer eat out since I'm not at work. I, I no longer commute, which in Houston, mm-hmm. the commute can be brutal. So I'm saving in gas, I'm saving in car maintenance. So those were big. And then my two biggest areas that I really sacrificed the most was um, the house that I owned, I sold it. Um, I weighed out my pros and cons Mm. because, you know, rental property is investment. And even though when I bought that home, it wasn't intended to be a a rental property, but um, it just didn't, I wasn't really making as much of a um, getting as much rental income to really offset the expenses of maintaining maintenance and paying the mortgage. So I sold it and I was able to use about $19,000 from the sale of that house to take out a chunk of my debt. And then I sold my forerunner, my baby, like anybody knows my forerunner was my baby. And so Uh, it had equity in it. So I paid off the car loan, used the equity and paid, um, and then took money from my savings and paid cash. And so now I have a Honda Civic with no car payment, no nothing. So those were my two biggest sacrifices, but those were the main things that I did. Cause um, I know when I finally like posted. I think on Dave Ramsey's post, it kind of got a lot of uh, some backlash, not a lot. But people were kind of just assuming that I had almost $5,000 a month to shovel towards debt. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I cut back and I sold stuff. And that is what helped me like free up the money to be able to shovel towards my debt, You know, reducing my retirement contributions selling my car, selling my house Um, not um, all the the things that I enjoy every month like cable and uh, all my music subscriptions like Tidal and stuff like that I cut it all out to be able to have more money to shovel towards my debt
0: Mm. That is so amazing, I hope y'all that are listening are taking notes because she's dropping gem after gem from the 401k reduction, you know what I'm saying, to selling the house. So, man, it's just a lot that you've been giving out. So I definitely appreciate that. And then as far as, you know, people making those judgments, people people going to judge when they don't know the full story. And I'm pretty sure all those people that are judging you have debt. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I like to say that people are addicted to overthinking and are allergic to execution. So we're going to transition into the execution piece. You kind of you kind of have been touching on, on it with your sacrifices, but what's something that you wished all aspiring debt free individuals oh, knew? Man.
1: Um aspiring debt free is just to start early. Like don't I think like you said, people overthink things sometimes. Sometimes you just have to start mm-hmm. like just um, create a plan, create a budget, and get started. Because, man, if I knew what I need now straight out of college, heck, even in college, where would I be right now at 39 years old had I started, started when I was like mm. 21, 22, you know? So, and then just my spending habits mm. while I was in college would have been so much different as well. Um, so just you have to get started. And even if you're not taught in the home, that's still no excuse. Um, Because I never heard of people Um, like Dave Ramsey. And granted, there's so many different, because I didn't just use Dave Ramsey's information, but um, there's so much information out there. mm -hmm. And the internet is not what it was then, what it is now. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was in college like 15 yeah. years ago, but uh, so you have so much knowledge at your fingertips. So you just have to start, and if you don't know where to start, oh my god! Like even um, even the resources that that are out there, I think one of my biggest helps was honestly people on Instagram because there's a whole debt free community out there, and there are people who will share their like how they go about. Mm-hmm doing their budgets, um, planning, how they are setting up their sinking funds. And if you just follow and watch people, I've learned more in the last two years than I have in the last 15, just watching people on Instagram, sharing knowledge Mm -hmm. and just dropping gems constantly.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. I know people are gonna get value from that. I love, you know, just the simple, fact of you got to start early if you're listening to the episode right now get off the episode and go go start you know what I'm saying so so um I mean you are debt-free which is amazing what does free mean to you in that context of uh, um
1: I think it just kind of goes back to what I said earlier it just means that um I'm not I don't have any con uh, I don't know if constrictions is the word I'm looking for, but, um, I'm free to do what I want. Like now I have so much income that has been freed up mm-hmm. now. And this is really, truly my first month. December is my first month because I just became debt free last month in November. Um, so I just have so much freedom. I mean, granted, I still have a lot of expenses and stuff still comes up. Like it's, comes up when you're on your debt-free journey but um I just I just I'm free I I literally have nothing tying me down and Mm -hmm. now going forward to make sure I don't end back end up where I was before you know I just have to make wiser choices but I'm so free so like I've already been making plans I'm ready to jump on my 2021 plan for the year I haven't down to do that but it's been churning in my Mm. head kind of what I want to do and granted you know um, we're still in a COVID environment but you know I was hoping like a vacation could be thrown in there for 2021 but I don't know if that's the case but it's just gonna free up for free up so much in me to do what I want and I think the biggest thing of being debt free um, which I really want to stress is um when I was in debt, especially back in 2016, 2017, when I was like really at my lowest point, it really affected my mental and my physical. Um, I I think I really was battling Mm. depression and anxiety, like extreme anxiety and depression um, because it was overwhelming. It really was overwhelming because I felt like the weight of, Not only owing creditors, but just, you know, having to humble myself to borrow money from my mom and knowing that, you know, I owe my mom money. And just knowing that uh, the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment of knowing that I could have been making better decisions all along to have never been put in this situation. So I think now being debt free, like my mental and my physical is just also so so free and so lifted. Um my spirit has just been so like joyful <laughs> the last month because I just don't have this weight or this burden on me. Um, it's really hard to explain but when you went through it and now that I'm out of it, oh my god, the feeling that I have the joy that I have and the relief yeah. that I have has just been amazing. So, I mean, really free, freedom, free just being free and just being lifted and just not feeling constricted and just this heavy, heavy weight that felt like it was never going to be lifted off of me. It's now completely off, completely off. (laughs)
0: That's amazing, man. Yeah, and I wish that for everybody that's listening. That's why I started the podcast because, you know, I I really genuinely hope that everyone can get that feeling because I know that feeling that you're talking about. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely amazing. So I guess the number one question that everybody wants to know, you kind of touched on it a little bit with your sacrifices. But if you want to add more in terms of, like, you know, payments you were making per month or whatever you want to do, you so, can. Um, How did you pay off oh your student loan debt?
1: So, um, basically, I had, like, a monthly... Uh, uh, budget and my student loan debt was the largest debt that I had. So, um, I kind of snowballed it and then I kind of creeped in the avalanche to kind of get my debts knocked out. But when I got to my student loan debt, I think, um, Hmm. in like January or February of this year, uh, is when I had finally paid off everything and was just, just had my student loan debt left to pay. Um, I just kind of shoveled. Everything that had been used towards um, my other creditors, I shoveled all those payments towards my student loan debt. And I think also what helped was, you know, around the beginning of the year, it was tax season. Then my birthday's in March, so I got a little bit of birthday cash. It wasn't much, but um, then, you know, the stimulus checks rolled around in like April. So I shoved all that extra cash towards my student loan debt. And unfortunately for me, um, I know this is not gonna be everybody's situation, but because of COVID um, in March, they halted. They, They put everybody's loans in forbearance. They halted the student loan interest. And so I was like, well, Fortunately, like my neighbors lost their jobs, got furloughed. I wasn't in that position. I was so blessed. And I actually was in a position to recognize and acknowledge Mm -hmm. the privilege that I had in this situation during this pandemic. And so I was like, I'm not going to take it for granted. So I went beast mode. I'm like, there ain't no way I'm going to stop making payments. I'm about to kill it. And so with the interest being halted because mm-hmm. between my two loans, I had 6% interest rate. Um, So I just started making my payments, mm-hmm. my, my monthly payments and it, everything extra that I had to shovel towards it got shoveled. So there were months I was throwing like $2,300 and some months I had like almost 4,000 to shovel towards my student loan debt, depending on my circumstances. Um, so whatever I had, I shoveled towards it. So literally, in the last like nine months, I've paid down twenty-four thousand dollars of my student loan debt, and I could and I attributed that to COVID because not having to pay the interest was huge. It was huge because when you look at how much of your monthly student loan payment actually goes towards the principal and what goes towards the interest, not having to pay that interest was just like it was astronomical. <laughs> it really was. So that I really took advantage of the current situation yeah. that we are in.
0: Amazing. 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 Um, how much of it was student loans? Um, I would say I don't know the exact breakdown
1: had- because when I started in 2019. I only had about like $87,000 of debt. But since then, mainly in the last six months, I've added more medical debt um, the last couple months. But it was primarily all student loan debt. And then next I had medical expenses, which was my second largest debt. And then personal loans. And my smallest debt was actually credit cards. I didn't have a lot in credit card debt. I think when Mm -hmm. I started, I had maybe like, five thousand dollars in credit card debt so student loans and medical bills were my two biggest two biggest and i want to say i had close to like maybe fifteen thousand in personal loans but it was primarily student loans and medical debt
0: okay okay i see um just out of curiosity why do you think that people pay off their student loan debt for you know years to decades you know obviously you had a mental switch like, do you think it's lack of preparation, lack of information? You know, I feel like you're kind of in the middle ground because you were at one point during there, but then you paid it off. So
1: um, I can't speak to why everybody may do it. But for me, um, in my 20s, I just had a mindset that like this country is just set to keep us in debt. We're going to be in debt for the rest of our lives. So I just have this mindset that I'm going to just be in debt. Mm -hmm. the rest of my life I didn't I mean granted my mom was somewhat debt-free and like if she did acquire any debt she would attack it but she never still really explained that to us so so like she, she I think after my father passed away when she passed away in like 89 like so she got a lot of her debt cleared out And um, even when she would take on more debt, like to do home remodel or something like that or buy herself a car, she always had a plan to attack it, but would never like explain that to us. So. So. um, So I just kind of really just had this mindset in my 20s and I even put it out into the atmosphere like, oh, I'm just going to be in debt the rest of my life. And Mm. um, I think the Internet had a lot to do with it. Um, I started seeing people that were always talking about being debt-free and I'm like how how are you debt-free I was like how is that possible and <laughs> not to bring race into it but like it was always like white people so I was just like man I don't know any black people that are like debt-free and and so like I said Instagram just really was instrumental in just changing my mindset because yeah. there's a whole community out there and once you find different people and like you follow this person and then you find this person and then mm-hmm. you, know, you follow this person and find somebody else. So I just never knew that it was just really attainable. And that sounds so ignorant and it sounds so, but it, it's just what I knew. Everybody around yeah. me, everybody that I was friends with, everybody that I worked with had some sort of debt. Nobody was debt free. And mm-hmm. so it was just, it was really a mindset just feeling like, this is the way it is and this is the way it's going to be you know so so it really took me seeing other people and understanding how they got there and what they did to get there to really like shift and be like oh um, i i want to know what that feels like
0: mhm yeah i love i love that you brought up the point about only seeing like white people that were deaf free and that's really why I started a podcast and I'm interviewing you know minorities yeah. black people so just to know that it's possible obviously last guest black woman you're a black woman I'm a black man that is debt-free I know that there is power and representation so absolutely. during my journey or go ahead
1: I said absolutely I'm over here a man you <laughs>
0: like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> during, during my <laughs> During my own journey, I, I just got disgusted with the whole fact of, you know, people saying that oh I'm going to be in debt forever and all of that. And I was just like, you know, what I, there needs to be a shift. And then that was where that kind of happened. So, yeah, I love that you brought that up. It's definitely needs to be a norm in our community. And I hope that, you know, the podcast can translate that far. We're recording in 2020, hopefully 2025, 2030. People are using this as um, a great resource. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, what was the hardest thing for you to execute during your own journey?
1: Um, honestly, the hardest thing was just to make some of the sacrifices I made. And um, wow. what I mean by that is, I really struggled with, um, with the decision to reduce my retirement contribution. Um, wow. But once I did it, I realized Oh my God, this will help me. Because really, my um, honestly, to be completely honest, COVID is a reason why I was able to uh, become debt free in 22 months. My original debt free date of when I anticipated becoming debt free was either December between December of 2021 or January of 2022. So it like the, between selling my house getting rid of my car and then COVID happening and like halting the student loan interest and me being able to work from home and that saving so much money that is why I was able to pay off the debt as quick as I was so um I'm sorry, I just blacked out. That's part of getting old. <laughs> what was the question? No,
0: you're good. You're good, man. You answered the question. I was just asking what was the hardest uh, thing to execute. And then you said basically the sacrifices that you made.
1: Yeah, and and not so much making the sacrifices, but the decisions to, to pull in the trigger to actually do it. So um, oh, okay, yeah, and, and also selling my house because I'm like, man, I own real estate. You know, I'm a landlord, and um, I knew that if I sold the house, it would shave, like, at least a year off my debt-free date um, and my debt-free goals. So those were, like, the hardest decisions, um, especially, like, even though I'm still under 40, I still look to retirement. I don't want to be working in my 60s. and my 70s, I would rather be enjoying life. And so mm-hmm. for, to halt, almost halt in um, your retirement contributions that was just huge for me so but yeah that and then the sell of my home and then selling my forerunner I mean I hate to be superficial but I've never had an attachment to a car but I really love that car and so oh
0: that man <laughs> that
1: was difficult
0: I feel that I feel that uh what do you think is a common misconception that people have that actually holds them back from paying off their debt in a timely manner. I know you mentioned mindset earlier, but do you think it's deeper than that? What do you think?
1: Oh, excuse me. I really do think it could be deeper, Um, but I think it still attributes to mindset because while I think – I think – I don't know. I really don't know because even for me, I I really think it came back to, like, my upbringing and just not having – not being taught certain things, but it all boils down back to mindset, honestly. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I honestly really don't know. Um, but I think mindset is one of the biggest things. And I just think people aren't willing to sacrifice sometimes, I, uh, give up their current lifestyles to, to, Sometimes we have to make temporary sacrifices to have long term, you know, um, joy and happiness in our life. And some people aren't really, really to really willing to make sacrifices that are kind of drastic and kind of not considered the norm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. you posted something. um, I think it was something you posted the other day that really stuck out. Oh, hold on. Um, In order to become the 1%, you must do what the other 99% won't. And sometimes Mm. you have to make uncomfortable decisions that aren't looked upon favorably favorably, uh, um, amidst our circles and our family. And so I think mindset and sacrifices, some people just aren't willing to make the change or to sacrifice and do what it takes to do to become debt-free. Mm-hmm. it makes us
0: uncomfortable and sometimes we don't want to be uncomfortable that is a bar that is a fact there are so many languages in the world but you chose to speak facts so i love that yeah when you
1: posted <laughs> that the other day i was like oh i was snapping
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know most people don't hear me though but you know i know somebody gonna hear me <laughs> but um all right so before we transition to the financial round and wrap up the episode. I wanted to know, because I like to make predictions, you know, what's next for you? Where, where do you see yourself in, like, five years? It could be financial-wise, it could be anything. I know you mentioned you're not trying to work till 60, which I agree with you, so where do you see yourself in five years?
1: I'm actually working on that, so I just, right now I'm trying to make, like, I don't even know if it, it's called money moves, but I'm investing more, like, I have Um, freedom to do so much more. So um, I'm trying to get, if COVID hasn't taught us anything, it's that we need a cushion and more than just like a thousand, two thousand in the bank. We need a cushion to fall back on because people have been furloughed. People have lost their jobs. You know, our government hasn't really done the best job at helping people out in these circumstances. So I'm trying to build my cushion, build a, a, a stable, strong, um, emergency fund and I'm investing like I find it crazy I mean granted Pfizer isn't worth a lot but out of curiosity when COVID hit I was like oh these people are rushing to make a vaccine I just went researching like pharmaceutical companies and it just so happened that Pfizer was one of the companies I invested in so, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really a huge payday or anything, but I'm just really trying to build a, an investment portfolio because that's just money that could be making something that could be making me money without really having to do anything. But um, mm-hmm. five years down the road, I really don't know, but I'm etching towards 20 years in my profession. I'm at year 17 right now. I kind of want to do something different. I don't know what I want to do, but I really enjoy working from home. So I just want to set myself up to be able to make money and not have to, not necessarily not have to work as much, but to find something that I love. I, I don't know what that is right now, but that is what I have been thinking about even prior to becoming debt free. So I'm working on setting myself up to do something that I love and enjoy and to keep building, you know, and setting myself up financially for the next, you know, 30 or so years so I can bounce hopefully even sooner than that. I can be out traveling the world somewhere. So (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. really what I want to do. So just, just take it easy. So I don't really know what the next five years will bring, but that's what I've been working on and been thinking about.
0: Okay. Amazing. Amazing. And y'all can listen to the episode in 2025 in December and, you know, see what's yeah. going on <laughs> with that, darling. But um, transitioning to the financial round, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions, four questions, and then, you know, just let me know um, your take on it. So number one, what do you do for fun when you're not choking out student loan debt? You mentioned them before, but go um, ahead. Um.
1: Well, I mean, for fun, it's just working out. But like prior to COVID, like my thing was going to food festivals. I really missed that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just food food festivals and and like small venue concerts were my thing. So I really miss that. So hopefully we can get back to that. Um, But right now in the current situations, I love going to the park and walk. Um, If anybody knows Memorial Park in Houston, Texas, it's just so relaxing, so much fun. You can get in your exercise. They've like remodeled and did some extensive renovations. So it's just beautiful. Um, So that's like my jam right there, going to Memorial Park and just being at peace and enjoying nature. and also, just kicking it with my dogs. My dogs, I I used to post a lot about them. I kind of wiped my Instagram clear, but um, my dogs are my jam, and they're they have their own little personalities. So um, Bob Marley okay. and Diggy, so they, they're my jam. So they're just what I, I I'm around them a lot. I post a lot of uh, a lot about them in my Insta stories. But just pretty much getting out walking. Um, hanging with my dogs and that's about it i've been really low-key since the pandemic cut and so because i have my own set of medical issues so i don't i haven't been getting out too much but true crime mm. podcasts are my thing so that really is my jam so
0: okay sounds good and for the listeners what Breed, oh,
1: name? um, Marley, he's an eight pound maltipoo, Um, he's 13 and he's bossy as hell. Um, <laughs> okay. And and she's my sweet little labradoodle, she's the cutler and the she's just she's so sweet, so much attitude. She's Miss Bougie. I call him bad and bougie because Marley's bad and bougie. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: okay, okay, okay. So I know you mentioned podcasts. I know you mentioned that you like reading. Um, if you have one, what's your favorite money resource and why? Oh,
1: um, favorite money resource. Um, well, podcast wise. I would say the How to Money podcast is one of my favorite um, podcasts on money and finances. And it's just two guys pretty much talking about money. Sometimes it could be real estate. Sometimes it could be um, college and student loans. Um, They just have a a general conversation and take on finances. It could be any aspect. And then at the end, they share a different beer that they try at the end of each show. resources as far as maybe books I would highly recommend one of my favorites is Got Debt it's by Leo Jean-Louis it just compiles basically a lot of the financial information that is out there on getting out of debt Um, that was just one of my favorite resources out there as far as books go over the last like year and a half two years okay okay sounds good number
0: three what habit can you attribute to your success as being death
1: what habit oh i don't know if it's a habit but i i just had to learn to say no because i'm a i'm i've always been kind of a a people pleaser and i've learned the power of saying no so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: that's major that's major that being a yes person you know you're gonna you're gonna stay in debt a little bit longer than you expect (laughs) so okay I love that I love that and then last question probably the most important question if you could change change meaning like improve it doesn't have to be in a negative aspect if you could change one thing about the black community what would it be and why
1: um I would say I think and I'm guilty of it too I think the individualism I think if we work okay. together more as a collective, I think I think we would be such a strong force in this country. I think there's just too much individualism. Uh, I, I would, I don't, I don't wanna, uh, I, I just wanna choose my words wisely. I just, I think people need to, like you, I think people need to be more willing to share their resources and their knowledge in the black community with others, mm. um, because there is a lack of knowledge. There is like a, a bit of like ignorance, you know, as far as entrepreneurialism um, as far as financial freedom and financial literacy and so many different aspects, you know? And so I think we worked more as a collective and are willing to share. And there are so many people out there that I see, especially on Instagram who are doing all of that. But if, we worked as a collective man, the black community would be a force. And we we are a force, but we really are a force. But I think if we just rid ourselves of the individualism and just really band together.
0: I love that, I love that. I definitely love that. Um, Is there a question? that people don't ask you that you would want to talk about right now? Just want to give you some space for that. Um, I think I
1: answered it. So um, when you, uh, I, I, I brought it up when I was talking about what I did to become debt-free. Um, I, people mm. just kind of may have made assumptions and haven't taken the time to ask, how did I become the debt, become debt-free? So I ended up making a post about it. On my page on my Instagram but um, just to know like it wasn't just my salary because I don't make that much money but um, these are the things these are the sacrifices that I had to make to become there and that was the question that people haven't been asking so like how did I become (laughs) debt-free
0: okay okay I'm glad we were able to get the exclusive (laughs) over here (laughs) But, um, yeah, man, you dropped a lot of gems. Um, can you give us a final financial nugget for us to you know, marinate on? Absolutely,
1: I would just say, um, whether you are on your debt free journey or even if you haven't started, you need to make your journey your own and just stick to it. Mm-hmm. There's no like one way or there's no right or wrong way to become debt free. There are so many different resources, so much knowledge that is available to you. Evaluate your circumstances and your situation and make your journey your own and make it work for you. But um, just because somebody is doing it one way, doesn't mean that's the only way you have to do it or that's the way you have to follow or to be able to get to achieve your debt-free goal. Just make it your own journey, but to stick with it, have discipline. And um, also, I would also say, like I mentioned, don't allow, constant re-evalu- constantly reevaluate your circumstances, don't allow lifestyle creep back in, don't get complacent. And also, re- even um, if you have to reward yourself along the way, cause that was something that I did do on my journey in the last two years, I got really, um, discouraged at some points throughout my debt-free journey so even if you have to reward yourself like with going to get your hair done or going to get a pedicure or like i bought myself an air fryer at one point and then a stationary bike once i hit my last five thousand, you know so um i would just say mm-hmm. make your journey your own you know there's no one way to do it and don't let people convince you that there is just one way to do it
0: that is a bar, that's facts, that is a fact. Thank you so much for your time, Starla. I know people are definitely gonna get a lot of value from this. I know it's gonna be a lot of people's <laughs> hands hurting, you know, damn your arthritis <laughs> and writing all the notes that you gave them. <laughs> so um, how can we get um, in contact
1: with you? I'm on Instagram at Texas Sweetheart, that's TX Sweetheart. Um, that's the best way to get in contact with me because I'm primarily active on Instagram.
0: perfect I'll put your information in the show notes for anybody that did not catch that um with that being said thank you for being on a podcast Michael thank you so
1: much I really appreciate it this was an honor
0: thanks for listening to the debt-free podcast I hope you enjoyed the episode and got something new that you can apply to be closer to being debt-free if you enjoyed the episode why don't you leave us a review, share it with a friend, and you can follow us on Instagram at Debt free Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon, and I hope you're closer to being debt free after each and every episode. Talk to you soon.